today on Media Download. From Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm Merrill Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. Joining me today to t- discuss the incoming administration, the prospect of President-elect Trump in office, his transition into the White House, his cabinet, his family, and the prospect of conflicts of interest throughout a Trump presidency, is Bloomberg gadfly, Bloomberg View, executive editor and Trump expert, Tim O'Brien. Tim is the author of Trump Nation, The Art of Being the Donald. He has also been an editor and writer for the New York Times, as well as the Wall Street Journal, the Huffington Post, and Talk Magazine. Welcome back to the program, Tim. It's always great to be here, Merrill. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so the last time we spoke in October, um, both of us thought, as nearly everyone did, that the prospect of where we'd be today a month after the election was unlikely. The unlikely happened. And I guess someone who's as close to the Trump story as you've been, for someone like you, this must be an odd circumstance. So let's start off, if you don't mind, with sort of a personal question. How, does, how do you feel about this? Well, you know, I'm Irish, Meryl, and uh, <laughs> I think, you know, in the face of the unknown and the um, irrational, uh, we just put our heads down and keep digging and, and move forward. So I think I'm fortunate in that journalism is a good emotional and intellectual outlet for work or issues you care about. So I think I'm just able to stay on this in a way like I always have with with the president-elect. You know, this goes back now with him so many years that I, I sort of feel like he's this, the ghost of Christmas past. You know, he clanks around in my attic and comes down occasionally for a visit. Um, you know, I'm concerned about uh, how good of an administrator he'll be. I think the country depends on it. I'm particularly concerned about national security and foreign affairs. I guess we can get into some of that. Um, um, you know, I think, I think of, you know, the, the, the reality of this, I think, around some of the media criticism has been a little bit um, schizophrenic because I think there were real reasons, as you and I have talked about in the past, to question um, the aggressiveness of the media. I think Donald Trump got too long a leash for too long a time from the media. And then I think the media engaged uh, in earnest in the late spring, early summer of of this year. And then when Trump won, there's been this um, look at the media as having dropped the ball. And um, you know, I think it's a subtle and complicated story. I don't know if that's what you want to go into right now, but that's also something that's been on my mind a lot since the election. Um, do you anticipate really living day to day with the Trump administration in your own kind of r- somewhat removed way as this plays out? I'm going to continue to cover him as a columnist for the next four years and an observer. Um, it's something that my uh, own bosses want me to do. Um, and I never anticipated doing that. Um, but I also think I, I bring a, 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 a history of knowledge about his 
his business and um, political dealings in the past, I think, can inform a lot of what he's doing in the present and looking at that in a deeper way. So, yeah, I, I will stay on this. So there's news on the Trump finances today, which is one of, I guess, your core uh, uh, kinds of expertise. Um, he, it, is, it has been asserted today that he has sold an enormous not or, uh, amount, if not his entire portfolio. What do you make of that news and that announcement? I'll believe all of it when I see it. Remember, what he said was in his stock portfolios when he declared to the Federal Election Commission in the spring of this year. Um, th that was all self-reported. He offered no documentation that he did indeed own the stock that he said he owned. Um, and then today, in the wake of him saying um, uh, potentially inflammatory things about the Boeing Corporation and its contract to build Air Force One, um, one of his spokesmen said, um, well, there's no conflict here because he sold all of his stock in June. But they're not providing any records to indicate that he sold any stock. We don't know if the original claims he made about the stock were true and what his stock portfolio was. Um, and this gets back to the larger issue with Trump of a complete lack of transparency and disclosure around um, what will become his presidency. He still hasn't released his tax returns, which breaks tradition with every president going back to Richard Nixon. And, um, and we have no handle on his finances or businesses other than what he's chosen to release to the public, which is all self-reported. There's nothing to cite in his background that would suggest this is anything but the path we're going to be on, correct? Limited transparency. Hard to imagine at this point he releases his tax returns. What are his perceived incentives? I think we kind of, as a public, have the hand we're going to be dealt. You agree? Right. You know, he's, he's going to occupy a uniquely privileged perch. Uh, the president of the United States as well as the vice president, isn't subject to any of the federal uh, conflict of interest statutes that, that carry with them criminal penalties. Um, it was designed that way by the Congress. They believed that the executive shouldn't be fettered by conflict of interest because the president touches so many different uh, issues and policies. Um, on the other hand, members of Congress never, um, I think, imagined that they'd get a president running into the Oval Office with a wheelbarrow full of financial and business conflicts on the scale of Donald Trump's. Um, interestingly enough, recently when Trump did a roundtable with the New York Times, uh, he had a unique interpretation of the federal conflict of interest law, which was the law says I can't have a conflict period, which, of course, the law doesn't say that. It merely says that the federal statutes, as currently defined, don't apply to him. But he could certainly wind up with conflicts in the Oval Office that could lead to scrutiny from Congress and potential congressional actions in response to that. Do you think he deserves a bit of a pass until he's inaugurated in the sense that all this is unwinding? So as things come up like uh, his daughter's presence, his daughter Ivanka's presence in the in the um, in the meeting with the Japanese uh, prime minister, uh, she was in that room, and we find out later she's seeking marketing deals in Japan. Um, she can't stop her business today. She didn't have to be in that room, obviously. But he's also not president. Is are we are we seeing too much in things that we should only be focusing on on January twenty first? 
that feels very arbitrary to me. I, I, I think um, we all should respect the fact that a transition has happened. Uh, a new president has been elected. Um, he does not come in with a mandate uh, as much as he said he does. He's, he's already impugned the elections of the popular vote, in which we know that Hillary Clinton won by a clear popular margin. Um, uh, but I think we should respect this process and uh, acknowledge that he now has um, the right and the, and the liberty to choose members of his administration and, and to begin to shape the policies that he campaigned on, which are important to a significant number of Americans. And he's, he's got to deliver uh, on those promises to those voters. Um, but as a member of the press, I, I, my role isn't simply to say he gets a pass when conflicts emerge because we're in a honeymoon period. I think the conflicts have already emerged. I think they should be taken as very serious warning signals to anyone who wants to make sure that policymaking in the White House is divorced from um, personal financial dealings that are designed to feather someone's own financial nest. Um, Trump has a long history of, of very short-term thinking around deals and money uh, that, that he sees very opportunistically and has never really taken a long view of any of that. And um, for every moment in the past two months that he said, uh, there won't be conflicts of interest because I will establish a blind trust put my holdings into it, and my children will run the business. And, and that's self-contradictory. He, he can't actually be authentically distanced from any of his business holdings as long as his children run them. And at the same time he's been saying that, he's, he's put um, his eldest three children, including his daughter Ivanka, on the White House transition team, and his son-in-law Jared Kushner is on the White House, House transition team. They're, they're staffing the West Wing. They're staffing the senior leadership positions in the federal government, and all of those offices are going to have an impact on their businesses. He's, uh, he's told us that there'll be an announcement next week on December 15th about uh, how he intends to structure the uh, business environment around these conflicts. What do you expect? I expect what he's going to say is that he's transferring legal control of the Trump organization to his three eldest children, um, and, and, I just, and that that in and of itself – will cure any conflict of interest concerns that voters might have. And um, that's just not going to be enough. Um, he really needs to either liquidate everything he holds or find a truly independent third-party operator to manage the businesses for him. Um, but his, his relationship to the business has to be clearly and, and permanently dissolved. Uh, and his children's have to either be dissolved or they have to be removed out of management positions in the company. Um, Trump has said that this would be too hard to do because his business is so complex. And that's also simply not true. Uh, the media, including the biggest news organizations in the country, have repeatedly referred to Donald Trump's holdings as a vast real estate, real estate empire. However, it is neither vast nor is it, nor is it an empire. He's he runs essentially a, a family-run boutique business. He only owns outright one commercial building in New York. He has stakes, investment stakes in, in others that he doesn't control. Uh, he owns 12 golf courses internationally. Uh, he owns some hotel properties. 
And then by and large, he runs a licensing business where he, people pay him a fee to put his name on their buildings or their mattresses or their underwear or their clothing. And that's it. And it would be a very easy business to unwind or turn over to a third party. Turning to another subject um, about this now month-long uh, transition, month-old transition, I should say, um, many people hoped that what we'd see in the Trump appointments, both uh, within the White House and the Cabinet, would be a sense of responsibility, um, mainstream people with government experience. And I think the fact of the matter is the only person you'd describe that way would be the transportation secretary, um, wife of the Senate majority leader. And the rest of them are kind of odd, I would say. A treasury secretary with no policy experience, uh, two very problematic um, White House advisors, a HUD secretary who's no better than no flake, housing experience. no housing or even government experience whatsoever. The whole thing is kind of shocking at some level. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I would, you know, uh, James Mattis, I think, has gotten relatively um, um, secure nods from both sides of the aisle as defense secretary, although I suppose we're now in an era where someone whose nickname is Mad Dog uh, is considered a step up from everyone else in the administration. Um, uh, I think that Donald Trump um, is appealing to people on one level because he can be out of the box. I think people want authentic change in Washington. I don't think a lot of his voters care about whether or not people running uh, all of these important agencies have relevant uh, government and political experience. I think, in fact, they they like the idea that outsiders are coming in because they want the whole thing shaken up. Donald Trump's presidency is about people wanting to sort of tear down Washington because they're tired of it, because they don't think Washington is delivered to them. And um, I don't personally believe that they've gotten a, a messenger in Donald Trump who's going to deliver that to them. But this is where we are. And I think that uh, I think we have to expect him to be uh, appointing counterintuitive people or people who are untested. Um, having said that, you have to really work hard to see how someone like Ben Carson is a good fit uh, as the nation's housing secretary. It's, he is so deeply unqualified and inexperienced for that role that it's not, I don't think it's even a partisan or ideological um, stance to take in terms of criticizing whether or not he's going to be able to manage that branch of the government very well. Just another a question or two, and then, we, then we're going to have to break. But, Tim, do you intend to wander over to Trump Tower and try to interview the president-elect and his intimates? You know, I don't anticipate he would ever give me an interview. So when it's warranted, I will certainly do outreach to them to uh, to see if, if he would like to speak to me. But I don't see that happening. I would welcome observing the conversation between you and um, uh, advisor Steve Bannon. I think it would be instructive, amusing, and informative. And I hope we'll be able to hear that interview or read it at least at some point soon. That would be fun. Um, thanks for joining us again today, Tim. It's a, it's a pleasure. I hope we'll have you on frequently as you chronicle uh, what will be a very interesting, well, maybe four years and certainly uh, coming up six months. Thank you so much.
It's a pleasure. Thank you. If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135, and you can read Tim O'Brien's work on Bloomberg.com. For Media Download, I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.